black people. Motherfucker, I was starting to quote opening. <laughs> Mute Sam. <laughs> no, no. Samuel, do you not fucking listen sometimes? <laughs> I I knew he was going to The problem say. is that he listened and he just intentionally disrupted I you. intentionally was a dick, yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Muted. Fuck around and play games with the band. <laughs> Stupidity sometimes. Honestly. And that's the best part. It's his server mute, so he can't even unmute himself. I was going say, don't mess with Uchi. He has the power. <laughs> I have the power. Jeez, I have the power to not let this air. So when you think oh. about it, oh, oh shit! Oh really? Just, really? Saying. We're playing that game. <laughs> I was say, and we're bringing out the big guns. Oh, we're playing that game. Uh, man, no one's playing. No one's wait, playing a wait, game wait, with man, man. This. Oh my god! This is why your windows stopped working. Uh, what? Your windows, your your computer. Okay. That's why it stopped working. Because what? Because you're a fucking dick. <laughs> so much anger. I sense so much anger in you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an angry black man, apparently. Oh, you just finished watching a movie about black guys in the Vietnam War. That didn't leave anyone in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it did have some funny moments, though. I give it that, for sure. I was not sure what to expect with this movie. I'll yeah. I want to. I'll we'll dig into that. We'll after. talk about that more later. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in the code opening. You know, it's also ironic for code black open. people. Well, not in code in the actual podcast. Yes, ironic. What? I went to Steep Rock on Saturday. Mm-hmm. All right. So you know, it was like a heat wave, like plus thirty degrees weather, swimming the whole day out in the sun, right? And. Friend Mindy was like, oh, I brought sunscreen. Do you want some? My dumb ass is like, I'm dark skin. I'll be fine. Uchi, are you... (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is happening. (laughs) Yeah, just to let people know, I did click out the chat, okay? I'm not that evil. She just dropped inside (laughs) the internet. (laughs) What? At this point, it's a running joke that Pam's internet is terrible. You know, I actually even called MTS... Last week, after we had this discussion, and they have not called me back. I have called three times. And still wow. nothing. And they have yeah, not returned my call. Probably not a priority customer. That's probably No, why. I was so pissed. Yeah. Sorry, Uchi, I was going to say, are you like me right now? And are you Fifty Shades of Burnt, too? No, because <laughs> I don't get burnt like that. More like I, I got tender, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't turn red. <laughs> like... I I am like I was saying before, medium I, rare medium rare <laughs> I I am very well okay I would uh I'm probably rare I'm not quite blue rare though well god after yesterday I like I said the only places I'm not burnt is where the bikini covered and where the shadow that is cast by my boobs I feel the like rest Pam, you just have the skin consistency that like could just make you look like him from Powerpuff Girls if you stay out too long. Straight up red yeah. all through. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a contrast picture of how burnt I am. But you know, I will burn like this once, and then I will be okay. And I'll get a base tan, and then I won't burn for the rest of the summer. Jeez. 
ridiculous. <laughs> Sam, did, Sam, did you ever do this stuff in Nigeria? Like, they're talking about getting burnt. And I remember when I was, I just used to, like, go outside and I'll wait till I was super hot. Right. Like, my birdie would burn it and I'll jump into the pool. And I just repeat that all day. All the, yeah, I did that too. Exactly. Well, yeah, because that, that was how we dealt with it, right? It was just more yeah. like... <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, my goodness. You you wait till your body's just, like, simmering, and then you just jump into the yes. pool. Simmering? The water. Yep. Like you could fry an egg on our body. Like, it was mm-hmm. so hot. And then you jump into the pool. I see. Like, okay. This asshole named Sam sent a picture of him in the group chat and just wrote, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Pam, I mean, <laughs> Pam, your nickname is being changed again in the chat from Taylor Swift oh, to him man. now. Are you fucking kidding me, Sam? Seriously? I mean, that's what I said. Him from Powerpuff Girls. I have, I've like seen like two episodes of Powerpuff Girls. Okay, I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna send something to the group chat. Give me a second. Oh this, this is amazing. Yeah. Just the best part about the group chat. Pam's the only one who gets a nickname every single time. Yep. That's because Pam is a very Pam has a very dynamic character apparently. So Pam is special. <laughs> special. special. It's, oh, I, I can't say that on air. Never mind. <laughs> She's gonna say something really dumb. I was gonna say something really not okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're going to come See, up with always... pitchforks at Pam's place, you know? No, no, no. It wasn't going to be something racist. It was going to be something just not sensitive to... Yeah. Yo. Are you sure, Pam? We're going to roll up. We're going to be blasting the right of the Valkyries like every single Vietnam movie. <laughs> we have, like, Sab in one corner, DJ in the other one, talking to himself, being like, yo, we're ready. We're going to jump on this fool, right? <laughs> Me and the... I'll, I'll send, like I said, I'll send the picture and then I'll send what I was going to say to the group chat. You guys will oh, find it. It'll be fu- It's funny, but it's definitely not something I could, can say on, stay on air. <laughs> See? So for those listening, Pam is totally saying she has a fetish for black people. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow, Pam. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Pam, wait, wait. You could say Pam oh, is God. turning red. So, and she likes black guys. So it would be like the five bloods. Oh my God. Oh, no, I don't, I don't get it. No, Sam. No, no. Sam, you have no. officially been dethroned. No, no, no. That is horrible. <laughs> That was such a horrible segue. <laughs> and that's the best part, though. You went from red to blood. Yeah. To what, what color is blood? <laughs> what color is blood? Oh, my God. Is blood red or not? It, well, it Only when it's exposed it to oxygen. On, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, you know what? Fuck you, biology people. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> He's already cut the recording, so there's no evidence. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't even cut it yet. <laughs> okay, let's... before we start recording, yes. you know how you guys were saying I was special? Yeah. I was going to say... Yeah, With yeah. on that note, let's start the show. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Northern Critic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. 
Uchi, ain't it kind of fucked up that white people can ex- kind of forgive other white people for being racist, Marker? <laughs> You're pushing it. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> you got two words, man. Two words at most. Come on. That worked. Nah. I did not hear any of that, to be yeah, honest. Oh, no. I should introduce myself again? Uchi, ain't it kind of fucked up that white people forgive other white people for being racist, Simwaka? Okay, I guess we're going with that. Sure. <laughs> Long sentence. Come on, I can't keep saying defund the police. I mean, I can, and I will, but like, it gets tiring eventually. Are change you the, change up the hashtags. No, I'll never lose steam. Bro, I've already planned my next ride. I'm going to go break some shit. Okay. <laughs> just going to say your plan on air. <laughs> oh no i didn't say where i'm breaking shit i just said i'm breaking shit okay all right yeah well you know i'm just breaking the racial institutions that govern this world yeah yeah same way i just hope the police won't break you too so we'll see no they'll shoot me <laughs> can, the, can the same can the way the vietnam war broke paul <laughs> hey poor fucking paul <laughs> Oh, poor, poor. Uh, I see. Uchi's fucking blew out the pattern so much. I don't know if it's Hammer Me that goes next. I so, think it's you, Mike. I think it's... Okay. And I'm Michael Novakshinov. Oh, my goodness. And Pam, thoroughly confused Hinchark. Uchi, you did this. Uchi, see what you've done. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. My brain was only operating at about 75% before this whole last two-minute segment. Now it's... At like 33. <laughs> and we have a second time guest on this podcast. Yeah, I'm DJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just call me DJ. That's good. <laughs> if you guys remember, he was on our Coming to America episode. That was episode five, I think it was. Oh my God, that so... was like 21 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah our, great our... job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> she just she just timed oh out again. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! This is like always a recurring thing with her. Wait, am I dropping? Yeah, yeah, more than a little bit. Pam, this is a running joke of Pam. Mm-hmm. Okay, she just said, "Hang on." All right, um, DJ, you were saying? Yes. Oh, I was just saying, okay, great job, guys. You know, it's yeah. I switched happened? over to data, so hopefully it won't drop as bad. Alright, so cool. Someone out here has got a great data plan then. Hmm? Yeah. I do. <laughs> great data plan. Discord actually doesn't take as much as you think, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's okay. good. Oh, uh, so before we actually jump into the film we're reviewing today, I need to share this with even the people listening into this episode. Um, interestingly enough, I want to know people's reactions when you see someone eating an ice cream cone with the ice cream part in their hands and eating the back of the Wait, cone. what? Yes. What? So people eating ice cream, right, during a hot summer, but the ice cream part is in their hands and the cone sticking up and they're eating from the cone first. Where was this? Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a bit. Yeah. Can I? No, can no, I it's, it's not a bit at all. This is something that has happened. It's a, it's an internet thing. People are doing this. Can I people, wait? I thought it was this? just one guy. No, it's more like <laughs> wait, people no, like people. Wait. It's people are using it to prank other people now. But Pam, I feel like you're really pranking yourself. Anyways, yeah. I was about to say something. I mm-hmm. I'm gonna weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know the drumstick cones that you buy at like the gas stations or like in the packs of four at the grocery store. Yes. Okay. 
So what we used to do as kids growing up, whenever we'd go, we'd eat to like the top of, eat the ice cream down to like the top of the cone. Mm -hmm. And then we'd eat, bite the bottom of the cone off and then suck the ice cream through the bottom of the cone. Oh my God. What? (laughs) I knew, I knew this thing had roots somewhere. That's what it's from. But that just seems... That just seems normal. Like, okay, like I mean, it's a little eccentric, but it's okay. Like, that's that's what we did when we were wouldn't kids. You, wouldn't you think it was out of place to see someone eating ice cream on a cone from the ice cream end, like holding the ice cream end first? That's that, kind of fucked up. What like ice cream all adult? over your hands? Oh, my brain can't do this. So many dirty <laughs> jokes. What? You're getting ice cream all over your hands. <laughs> what? I what? Wait, you have to say that joke now. Just say the joke. No, no, <laughs> this like... is no, no. You guys think this is a joke. This is legit, not a joke. No, no, no. I feel no, like no, it's Pam. It's oh. me losing my mind over having cream in your hands, and just making everything dirty. Pam, get your mind out the gutter. That, I'm not I even going it. there. <laughs> I do it. I'm not even going there. I'm done with 2020. <laughs> I'm done with 2020. That's that's probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Who the what? <laughs> I know. Why is this a thing now? You know, Why are people doing would, this? I know. I don't think it would weird me out if I saw a child doing it, but seeing an adult, a grown ass <laughs> adult doing it, I would be like, "What the fuck is wrong with them?" What? Man, it was the same thing with the whole planking thing. The internet is a weird place, you know. Just, okay, no, no. We just we look at it and we just like, okay, people, people be doing stuff. For and man. moving on with our yeah. lives, right? Some some people weren't beaten by their parents and it shows. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> or some people were dropped on their head as a child and it shows. You know, I'm just like, I, I'm no, just like, I'm why? done. Let's talk about this movie. <laughs> my head <I'm> hurts. Just... <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. That makes more I'm... sense than this ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? Anyway, yes, even uh, though this movie is very chaotic, it makes more sense than this stupid ice cream. Oh my goodness. I will um, say Uchi, very good pick on this movie. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Mm-hmm. I, I was impressed with your pick. Oh really? Um, on this episode of the podcast, we will be reviewing the 2020 American war drama film, The Five Bloods. That's duh with a D-A for those who aren't black. Um, <laughs> it was directed by Spike Lee, um, who also produced it alongside John Kilk, Beatrice Levin, and Lloyd and Lloyd Levin, so the Levin siblings. Um, it stars Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, uh, Johnny Tree Nugan, uh, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., um, and Chadwick Boseman. Also, Gene Reno as well. Um, the, pil- the film's plot follows a group of aging Vietnam war heroes, or war veterans, actually, um, who return to the country in search of the remains of their fallen squad leader, as well as the treasure they buried while serving there. Um, yeah, so it was released digitally on Netflix uh, worldwide on June 12, 2020, so not too long ago. And it's already been big. Be- well, it's already being praised by critics uh, for its direction, story, themes, cinematography, and performances, particularly from Lindo, who I think he plays um, Paul. I think mm-hmm. so. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, pretty much. Uh, I don't think there's a 
full consensus on the Rotten Tomato score yet. Like, as I don't, I don't know if there have been a, a, enough reviews for that. Um, but I can check. Was this it right like ninety something percent? Yeah. So right now it's a ninety-two percent at the moment, with uh, two hundred and forty people going into that. Um, I, it's it's kind of interesting because the audience score, however, is fifty-four percent. That doesn't surprise me at all. Honestly. So I I could yeah. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Which is weird because I'm like I actually happen to enjoy this film, so like, <laughs> I don't know why people yeah. wouldn't. But I, I, um, I feel it, like, but I know why be... they didn't. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go, Pam. Oh, I was gonna say I could see how this movie could be like a low audience score, like it could be polarizing and it, i mean it could just also people could go into it expecting a comedy and not enjoy how it plays out in a sense mm -hmm. so so that's maybe why that's my theory on it right um i do know also that wouldn't really hold um what's it called that wouldn't really hold someone of spike lee's caliber back uh, because, like I said, even during the uh, the film directors conference that involved Spike Lee, you know, Jordan Peele, um, uh, Issa Rae, like all of the basically big time black directors right now, um, they've all collectively agreed recently that, you know, they're not going to just pay attention to white critics anymore. Like white critics can basically go fuck themselves, um, <laughs> that they're not making the movies for them anymore. So um, I can also kind of see how that's because I have a. A guy from Australia here who's a top critic called Jake Wilson, who says this is everything but the kitchen sink approach. Uh, this everything but the kitchen sink approach can be his strength. But while the five bloods doesn't entirely lack heat, it never really gets cooking. So me just even listening to that, I'm kind of like, what are you what are you talking about? What do you yeah. mean it doesn't start cooking? You know, it, it was cooking the entire time. Well, that, that's um, the kind of like insubstantial fluff criticism that holds absolutely zero weight right right because yeah I'm like i don't know what the fuck that means right that, that, right. that doesn't tell me anything about the movie that is completely right. insubstantial he's it just going for a snappy one-liner <laughs> if we want to fucking criticize a movie give us some substance god damn it <laughs> to me that sounds like oh i don't I, to me you want to know what that sounds like to me it sounds like the he got the guy writing that was white and was just like I don't want to com comment on this. But it's just so weird because even like in what he's he's writing, he's like he knows Spike Lee to be funny, stylish, uh, morally challenging, and able to sketch a place and time and a set of issues with clarity, while leaving room for suggestive loose ends. And I'm like, you're you're criticizing, but you're not really saying exactly what you didn't. You know what I mean? Which is like, and then he's like calling out black KK Klansman as also. I, I think this guy in general just doesn't like Spike Lee, to be honest. I think that's that's what it's boiling down to. But again, this is typical of all of the um, rotten uh, categories of the Rotten Tomato scores, um, which isn't a lot. Like most of it here is actually like full, like good tomatoes. Yeah. So basically, these like he is just one of the few Rotten Tomatoes on like the full tomatoes that are actually good. Um, or like Childish Gambino would say, these are the good critics give all tomatoes. Uh, not all tomatoes, but all tomatoes. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, which means if you don't give people the full tomato, then you'll have issues. The fuck are you saying? Yeah, that's, childish, that's Childish Gambino. You have to give people all tomatoes. 
because they've given you ultimatums to give full tomatoes. <laughs> so it's from a song. Childish, Childish Gambino. No, no, it's he actually said it. It was from Community. He's he's just an idiot. Okay, so, so yeah. initial thoughts. Uh, well, <laughs> I like I like the movie, right? But it it felt weird. It it was uh, it felt like two movies that kind of been crunched into one for me, if that makes sense, mm. because it didn't set the expectations properly. When we started the movie, I thought, okay, this is going to be a movie about a couple guys revisiting the place that they fought a war. They're going to just do a hike through the jungle. Maybe there'll be some personal shit, and we're going to have flashbacks of their time in the war, right? That's kind of what the movie established itself for me. And then there is that sort of gold subplot where they're looking for the, not subplot, it was the plot, but it felt like a subplot at first. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the movie, that was essentially just the entire focus. And it, I, I don't know, I felt like it was sort of, they had two different ideas where they wanted to explore what war did these veterans and basically make a case for why, why it was so bad. And then the other side of things, they wanted to kind of have the story about them going and finding the gold they left there 30 some years ago or 50 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And it, they just didn't mesh for me. It, it felt like when people started dying later in the movie, that was really out of character for what the movie had established. Death was supposed to be in the flashback sequences, not in the current sequences. So while the movie was good, it just felt a little bit disjointed for me. And I liked each part individually, but as a whole, I don't think they meshed very well. Hmm. Fair, fair. Yeah, I can see how, like, I agree with a lot of your points there, for sure. Um I guess I'll just go since I said that, but yeah, go for it. Um, like for me, that's essentially what you said. It did feel like um, it was more than just one movie, uh, in terms of like the each act, right? So you had the first act with them uh, coming, showing up in Vietnam. It's like, oh, okay, we're we're all war veterans. We're trying to. We're at first, it kind of seemed like they were just having a good time. But they were there for a reason that they hadn't told us yet, and then you start the getting demons, the yeah. yeah, and then you start getting the flashbacks and stuff like that, right? So it's like, oh, okay, so they're all here to get the gold, um, and also now we know that uh, Chadwick Boseman's character, who was who used to be their platoon leader or whatever, had died at the time. So you know that's already like okay, so they're here for the gold, but they're also here to find his remains and stuff like that because they probably buried him there, um, and then it moves on from there to them finding the gold and now it's like i don't even think they do they leave his body there i don't even remember if they took his body out um but eventually it goes from that to them being oh what are we going to do with this gold and someone's like wasted all of their initial money on something so he really needs the gold um to them being like uh duped by the french guy who was supposed to help them convert it in the first place um and then, you know, it moves on from that to Paul facing his demons with the loss of uh, Norm, like Storm and Norm, which is Chadwick Boseman's, uh, Chadwick Boseman's character. Um, and how, like, he, you know, you eventually find out down the line that he was the one who killed, uh, who killed Ch uh, Chadwick Boseman's character in the first place, you know? So it's like, there was a lot going on. And like, he did, like, Spike Lee did it in such a way that they all happened in different acts. So they were all like clearly separated arcs. 
Um, even the arc with uh, Lindo's character and his son and like him never fully accepting his son because of the PTSD from the war. So it's like there was a lot going on. Um, and I just feel that like perhaps like this was probably the best way to do it. I don't know. How long was this movie? Two hours two and, and 35 hours. minutes. Two hours. Yeah, because if if I feel like this might have been one of those movies where like it would have sucked. But preferably, you might have maybe had to take a Tarantino like approach and just go along with it. Because if you was... add all of this content, you might as well just get detailed with everything. You know what I mean? But like, obviously, I... not over detailed, but like detailed enough that like you send your messages across and like they I all connect honest... well. I was honestly gonna say this felt like a Tarantino movie a little bit in some mm-hmm. spots. Yeah. So that's like yeah, a, that's a, true. Yeah. Very stylistic wise, it yeah, it was pretty close to Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so. uh, to be honest, I felt like I mean, when I when I watched the movie, it felt like just the arc was really for the what's the character, the guy that uh, you know uh, that had a son there. I forget his name. I felt like the movie was really about him. And oh, Paul, the rest of the yeah. other characters, yeah, Paul. The rest of the other character just felt like they were there, mm-hmm. but you know, I didn't really feel any attachment to them. You know, I I don't know if any of you guys felt the same, but it was just Paul. Every time Paul came on screen, that's the guy mm-hmm. I wanted to see. If he was off screen, I'm wondering what is Paul doing. <laughs> you know, the rest <laughs> of the guys were just you know like fly on the wallpaper for me. Mm-hmm. He was definitely the strongest character. Can I make a quick suggestion? Can we refer to the characters by the character names in the movie and not the actor names? Because I don't always know who's who. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When we use actor names. Yeah. Yeah. Are we using actor names or character names? Character names. I mean, just if you do use an actor name, just be sure to mention what character that actor plays so we know who you're. Because I'm pretty sure Paul was the character name. Yeah, yeah, Paul yeah. is the character name. Lindo is the actor name. Lindo played Paul, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just asking because when Sam, yeah. you were doing your initial thoughts, I was getting lost a little bit. Yeah. So I should mention why I use the real actor names, and this is just me personally. Why I do that is because black actors in general always get like don't get the recognition they deserve. Mm-hmm. Like someone like Lindo, for me, even watching him in this film. He deserves for me to say his real name as an actor because he did a fantastic performance. Um, but this is just my own type of beef, right? Because I'm like, okay, look at someone like Lakeith, like Stanfield, for instance. Not a lot of people right now in Hollywood say his name, but he's a brilliant actor. But then, and he's been nominated for many awards. And then you get someone as young as Tim- Timothy Chalamet who hasn't been nominated for anything. But yet everyone knows who he is. So for me, I'm like, this is kind of a double standard. But which is why who I always uh, Tim- yeah, Timothy <laughs> Timothy yeah, who's Timothy? was the he was the guy who played the king in uh, the new like Shakespeare like uh, uh, King Henry reboot. Uh, he's gonna be no the main clue. character in the new. He's gonna be the main yeah. character in the new Dune uh, series as uh, sorry in the new Dune movie as well with Zendaya. Um, Hopefully, hold on. I'm gonna. And okay. he's like he's I, he's he's essentially the new, the new face of Hollywood. He's the youngest. Like he was in Call Me by Your Name. He was in Lady Bird. He was in Little Women. He was in yeah, he's Dune and the King. Um, he's a, he was an in Interstellar, right? So he's been in all of these movies. He hasn't really put up 
uh, whatever. But like basically now Hollywood is pushing him as like the new, he's the new Leonardo DiCaprio right now, essentially. No, um, I'm just, I, yeah. I'm just like saying like, yeah, don't, I have no problem with using the actor name that just mm-hmm. like use the character name after. Cause I, I don't always know, like, unless they're a really big like actor, mm-hmm. like this guy you were just talking about. I was like, I have no idea who that is. Um, right. I, I don't know. So it's just kind of to. Oh yeah, so no, that's admit, fair. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just encourage people to like know these names because these are actors yep. that deserve the, yeah. But that's just me. So yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, DJ, we kind of cut in on your initial thoughts. <laughs> Oh, no, I believe I said it. Well, my initial thoughts, again, stylistically, I really liked it. Um, I love the score, you know, putting in Marvin Gaye there. I mean, you can't complain to, about that. Um, story-wise, I mean, it was a pretty simple plot as it is. You know, most of the emotion and the driving force was basically exploring what they did with Norman. You know, you wanted to know about that. And every time, I mean, Chadwick Boseman got on on the screen that was pretty cool i feel like he really nailed the character yeah um my only thing it was that it felt it felt a little bit uh what's the word unbalanced mm-hmm. uh to me basically you know it felt like mostly one character paul was like really the focus and uh, and i guess uh, it did feel like you know they were just trying to explore the whole war tables like another war movie about what it does to you know people mm-hmm. but it came from the black perspective you know it started yeah. out with the whole Muhammad Ali speech about how he doesn't want to go to Vietnam because you know they didn't do nothing to him mm-hmm. uh, I liked it I mean a few things here and there could have made it better but it was a pretty solid movie in my respect mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to agree with you there too because I think primarily the movie did what it was supposed to do, which is like just tell that uh black perspective story on like what the Vietnam War was like for us at the time. Because um I know Uchi you played you played this a little bit but you didn't really play it uh like fully, but uh, the the Mafia 3 that you borrowed for a bit that came out the video game which also kind of plays on that a little bit. You play as a main character, Lincoln, who's also from the Vietnam War. Uh, he comes back and he's also dealing with all of that. He, he deals with the death of Martin Luther King. Uh, he deals with the human rights movement and like all of that happening. Also, it's just a game, but still, again, why I find I find Lincoln is one of my favorite character, video game characters is that he's a black character and he goes through all of that during the 1960s as a Vietnam War veteran, right? and even in that you can still feel um a kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for uh uh i guess depression i guess maybe that's the right word to use because again the same statistic was used in there as well where it's like um, like african americans make up only 11 percent of the american population yet about 32 to 40 percent of the infantrymen or whatever used during the Vietnam War were black, right? With that, that's crazy. That means you're looking at almost maybe like close to forty to fifty thousand like black people fighting in Vietnam. You're essentially. you're essentially looking of at of six percent of almost six percent of that eleven percent. Yes, exactly. Um, and you have that. Plus the fact that there was, uh, it wasn't really a rule set in stone. 
but the government gave preference. So basically, if you were a university student at the time, guess what? You didn't have to go to Vietnam if you were in university. But guess who wasn't in university? A lot of black people weren't in university. And if you weren't in university, guess what? You're getting drafted. So that was also another systemic thing that was used against black people at the time because you're like, well, unfortunately, you're not going to university, so you might as well go to Vietnam and fight the war, right? Well, now, kind- yeah, so I was going to say, and now in addition to that, you guys can look this up because I actually read this up this morning. There was a there was a, an African-American man, um, Cho, uh, Colony something. I think his first name was Colony or whatever. He actually applied to go to university. I think it was like Stanford or Yale, like one of the high level universities. He had the grades that were good enough and he applied. But guess what? They ruled him as someone who was clinically like uh, um, deranged or something like that. Someone who was mad uh, because how could he ever think he was good enough to be in those universities in the 1960s? This was the 1960s during the Vietnam War. And it was seen that a black person must be out of their mind to even apply to like an Ivy League university. I was gonna at say, was segregation were those were those universities desegregated though at that point? You, black people could only go to certain universities. At yeah, the time. That, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, Not that's why I'm wondering. Universities. Yeah, yeah, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm wondering if like the school he applied to wasn't like desegregated. Oh yeah, no. At the time, that university was probably just all white people. Yeah, exactly. Time. Definitely. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the thing. So you already have a system where, like, there's only very few universities in the country that accept black people. Plus, if you're not a university, you have to go to war. You have to go to Vietnam. Like, it's already stacked up against us at the time. And these were the things Martin Luther King was trying to fight for. And he's like, why are you sending a lot of black folks over when, like, the Vietnam War isn't even our war? And you get that scene in the beginning of the film where they're flying in the helicopter over like land. And like, you know, you have Shadok Boseman's character being like, this is what the war is being fought over. Like it's just, it's the land essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, not just in America, but even overseas, you have Paul's character talking about his grandfather in Normandy and stuff like that, which always pisses me off because whenever I watch war films, it's always white people. And I'm like, why is it always like they don't recognize us at all in anything. And I'm like, we did majority of the heavy lifting in all of these things. It's crazy. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's it's it's, it's just something that uh, like agitates me sometimes. Even as far as even Africans were concerned. Guess what? During World War II, Africans were fighting also in Africa. It wasn't our war, but we were forced to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we were part of the Actually, quote unquote commonwealth. You know what? I, like, it's so stupid, but we never get recognized for it. You know, I actually just heard uh, today from my mom that uh, Nigerians fought in World War Two, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have independence of World War Two. Like, II, exactly. they just, <laughs> you know, we we were still ruled. We yeah, we were still colonized, so we just we had no yeah. choice. You, we yeah, had to. you would, but you would have been part of the British Army. Yeah, exactly. We had no choice. We had to. So it's like all of these things, and yet you watch a World War II movie or you watch a Civil War movie or you watch any of those that are directed by people who are white or direct white directors or whatever, and all of the main characters, everyone who's important is just all white, you know? Well, see, and, and it's that, like, was, heh. that was my issue with, like, the movie Red Tails, that Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I found it was a very romanticized version of what and again disney movie um of what 
actually the red tail squadron went through mm-hmm. right um right. and i don't i don't want to cut off your rant but i don't think uchi or i have done our initial thoughts on oh no no it's been like 28 minutes yeah. right i'm done already you guys can go <laughs> okay i only get my initial thoughts out of the way because my initial thoughts are probably the most controversial out of all of us I don't like this movie. Hmm. Okay. I was going to say, and you picked it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't so watched why? it before. I thought, uh, like you guys are saying, oh, like it felt like two movies in one night. I don't like that because it felt like there was too much happening in this movie. There was way too much that was happening in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it felt like because of that, a lot of loose ends were like, a lot of stuff got like, like something was picked up then dropped and then it might be picked up again later but then it might not be and it got kind of time to try to keep on track of everything that's happening right mm-hmm. it's like okay we're going back to vietnam to go get to go retrieve the body of our commander in chief right not commander in chief but our commander right okay fine that, that makes sense to me right mm-hmm. so on top of that there's now this god gold plot okay well, on top of that pose um Sutton. <laughs> How do you say that word? His son, who he, he kind of hates but loves, whatever messed up relationship, suddenly appears now. Okay. And then now Otis goes and meets his old fling. Okay. And Otis has a daughter. Wait, what? Otis has a daughter that he didn't know about? Okay. And now there's a French guy. There's a French guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they're all hating on each other. Like, you, you know what I'm trying to get at? There was just so mm-hmm. much that was happening in this movie that I realistically don't think sh- needed to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. the other parts of this movie I enjoy, I enjoy, like, the cause to black history, you know? Mm-hmm. I enjoy that, like, fo- like kind of, like, say, like, oh, what are you going to do? I'm going to do it like this, this, this famous black history person who you probably never get taught about, right? I enjoy mm-hmm. those moments where it's like, no, okay, now you're on what he did, what happened, right? I enjoy that, like, our first war wasn't here or here. It was in, like, 1660 in Boston, you know? Mm-hmm. I enjoy those things. But I thought it got bogged down by everything, like, all these, like, plot lines trying to be crammed into this movie. And mm-hmm. I think it could have done a lot better with it being streamlined. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. If we had a movie... Like, okay, David plays an important part in this movie, right? Because he highlights Paul's thing. So David's, David and Paul's storyline can stay. Right. I, Otis, Otis and his daughter is also important, but I don't think it was touched enough in this movie for it to be in the movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot about this movie that's really relevant and important, but it's I feel like it's cramming too much into one movie. Mm-hmm. Right to be held yeah. effectively, it feels like, like some stuff are done will pose PTSD and the abandonment of veterans after Vietnam, especially black veterans. That's really well mm-hmm. done, right? Yeah. But then at the same time, it feels like because we're concentrating so well on this, we're not going to touch on like what happens to like Otis and his daughter. Right? Does Otis even survive? Does he? Yeah, Otis survives he in the end. Oh, he's okay, the he o- he's the only one who survives. Yeah, oh, okay. or like Eddie, right? Eddie, why did he lose all this money? Like, was it because of Vietnam? Or was it because of other social issues? It's just kind of like crossed mm-hmm. over. It's like, yeah, I'm now broke. Wait, what? What do you mean you're now broke? He's just well, broke now. 
why was that needed in this movie unless it's just a driving factor to try make the five bloods fight each other you know yeah, I yeah. think that was just a mechanism to like it was just an element in there tossed in there to make them like kind of get get at each other's throats. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. like I feel like that could have been done in a different way because uh, in Vietnam, this place that scored a lot of them, they didn't need this Eddie line of him saying not no now not having money. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it felt like for me so many of these elements instead of being like tidbits about characters, suddenly became plot devices. Yeah, and just means for something else to happen. It's like, uh, what's that guy's name? The French dude, Sepo. Uh, Sepo, yeah, Sepo. Realistic? Yeah, he didn't need to be in the movie. No, that no? was the French, the French dude that wore the "Make America Great Again" hat, right? No, no that was, was a French different French guy. Exactly. Exactly which my one, point. Which one? Was, which one was Seppo? Seppo was the Seppo guy. Seppo was the one with the goatee. Yeah, he was the one who was addicted to David and then got blown up by a landmill. Mine. Oh, realistic. Oh, wh- I didn't. I didn't even remember him. Exactly. <laughs> the French yeah. guy. Yeah, the French guy stole Paul's great "Make America Great Again" hat. That was the Rouge. The Rouge, who's backstabbed them somehow because he knew exactly where they'll be. Oh wait, no. Yeah, what is? What is told them? See. Or just told them, but I forgot about that. Oh. No, it wasn't a sad Yeah, yeah, see, there's just, there's so much happening. Exactly, there's so much that happened that it's hard to keep track of, and it's kind of like all these loose ends, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's just, that's my part. There was too much in this movie for it to be done effective enough, in my opinion. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Pam, I guess Pam? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, now I haven't dropped in like five minutes, and now during my initial reviews, I'm probably going to drop. And if that happens, we're on a commercial break. <laughs> um, so I have kind of mixed reviews in this movie. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I didn't enjoy it. Um, like, I have to agree. Like, I definitely felt there was way too much going on. Personally, if I was writing this movie, I would not have done the gold plot. I would have made this solely about going back to retrieve Storm and Norman's body and kind of have like maybe the gold is like a subplot or something like that. Um, I just felt the pacing at times are a little bit off. Um, And like I did like the way they portrayed like how PTSD really screws you up. Mm -hmm. Um, But like what I like personally would have done, I would have had this whole thing where you know where the part where Eddie gets blown up instead of having a fight over about the gold I would have had it like you know how Paul has that explosion or has the like flashback the PTSD panic attack earlier on at night Mm -hmm. I would have maybe had him have another one and that's when we found out that he was responsible for Norman's death and that leads them to fighting and then Eddie like stepping on the mine right because then I feel like that would have had more of an emotional impact than it did mm-hmm. like i kind of sat through this whole movie going okay they're in vietnam when when is someone going to get blown up by a landmine especially because we meet this french girl who is the responsible for removal of the mines right, right? so i kind of was like this is going to happen um i felt seppo's death was just a shock factor one um mm-hmm. and honestly the whole gold plot line um like i know we needed a 
anti-hero or not an anti-hero a bad guy character which was the french french guy that looked a little bit like donald trump especially when he had the make america great again hat on mm-hmm. um but i think that could have been a subplot or something um and we mentioned about uchi you mentioned how otis has the daughter um how you like that plot line necessarily didn't need to be there um and like part of me is like they could have removed it the other part of me is like that plot line um and you'd only know this if you had like actually were really into history um like the lost i guess i can't remember what they're referred to but it's like the oh. lost children of american soldiers sort yeah. of thing like that that that's really the only reason i think that plot line was there because they're really like like how she talks about how they were not even good enough to clean the toilets right yeah i um, think my thing with that plot line is like why i say it doesn't need to be there is like it wasn't given the chance to be expanded on yeah that's to make exactly it relevant it. it's kind of like the same thing with like the gold plot line yeah because the whole idea of the gold plot line is this question of like hey america keeps abusing black people we've been abused people mm-hmm. have been used to build this country when are mm-hmm. we gonna get our reparations when is it, are we gonna get our fair share mm-hmm. oh exactly um and like that's why i feel like the whole gold plot line like it could have been used as a plot device and fleshed out a lot more and at the same time part of me is like it didn't need to be there and we could have used that pt paul's ptsd and have that as a more emotional factor for um like had that how i explained that fight come because we find out paul was the reason that norman was killed right Right. Mm -hmm. um and i mean like i found this movie a little bit triggering like the whole ptsd flashbacks because like i grew up um around military and in um my previous jobs the one i have i actually worked with a lot of xrcmp and a lot of um ex-military so i have been around a lot of people when they have gone through ptsd attacks or having been experiencing like the deep dark depression of it um and like i've seen firsthand how bad it can be and i think that this movie did a very good job of portraying it in a realistic fact that this is something that needs to be given attention right um and like the whole eddie death like part of me i personally didn't like eddie as a character i understand why he was there but i really did not think he needed to be there and honestly in the end i think his character was only there to have a another shock factor death factor in the movie and that what also gave it like the tarantino aspect of it mm-hmm. um so yeah that's kind of my initial thoughts on it uh yeah i kind of agree with that i i think one thing that really stood out to me though with this film was the uh I don't want to say. I mean, the acting was great and all, but the mm. the the like you could tell you could clearly tell with this film while watching it that like Spike Lee did his research on mm-hmm. like the entire issue, right? Which is something like I we should give him credit for. Oh, um, yeah. Like, yeah, like I never he, questioned Spike Lee's research and like planning of the movie. That was excellent. Yeah, it was. It I was think, so on the on the on the nose on the ball. Yeah, I think um, historically was great. You know. Right. Um, and I kind of got this whole sense too. like, I don't know, the message I was kind of getting from it is, okay, look, Vietnam, you were being influenced by the French, uh, like black Americans, you were being influenced by, uh, you know, the white supremacist country of America. 
right? And like you both are fighting each other. And like you could kind of tell that too, because even with the one guy who was Vietnamese who was who was like helping them, where it was more like, okay, at this point you have these minorities forced into conflict with each other because mm-hmm. you get the other set who are also being funded by the French, the old French guy. But you can still tell that this is still the French guy making like using these Vietnamese locals because of their uh, inbred anger or hate towards Americans or towards African-Americans to be precise, because well, those are most of the people they saw back then. Um, and, oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and you know what? I think the worst part of everything is, is it, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's the Vietnamese war that, the U.S. now refers to as a police action, and they don't actually like consider it a true a, war. Exactly, you know, which is like, is so much worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have that, um, and then you, like to me, honestly, even like the uh, the I know we talk about Otis's relationship with the with I forget her name, Tien. but with with Tien and his daughter, right? Which is also kind of interesting to me because then he has a daughter who's you know half black half vietnamese and tian is telling him about oh how the white gis called like their their child an abomination at the time or you know they called her like a slut or things like that and it's just kind of like you you know again just me watching it is kind of like okay so the acting here is phenomenal but at the same time this film is sending a message kind of being like because I don't know, uh, Uchi, you might have this, but like how, you know, you you know how there's a kind of tension even sometimes, even growing up being black, right? You have this tension of being like, oh, um, these certain people who uh, who are maybe indigenous or Latino or I know Latino people have it because I've had, fr- I grew up with friends who were Latino, where their Latino parents would tell them, oh, stay away from black people because if you're with someone who's black, you guys are probably going to get pulled over by the cops or something, right? And at the same time, your black parents would say, oh, stay away from the Latino people because guess what? They're secretly white. And, you know, th- like the the white people of America respect Latinos more than they respect you as a black person. So you're more likely to be in trouble versus the Latino person. So you're already having minorities growing up in a, in a mentality where they're already pit against each other. And of course, who's on top of the food chain? It's the white people, right? So it's like when you have, I, I feel, I feel like this movie did a really good job at showing that because I could mm-hmm. call a lot of correlations and connections between all of those things. Um, you know, even in Africa, where you're having the French-speaking countries and the English-speaking countries not liking each other because they were both colonized by different European countries. I was gonna you know say I mean? that, that doesn't like it's crazy when you think about it. I was gonna say, look at it's so dumb. I would say, look at Quebec and the rest of Canada, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And like something that I was gonna say, Sam, like you have mentioned um, before, how like in your culture, it's like you're not being not black enough, kind of thing, like because you like certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, or the rule, I don't know if you've like, especially like you mentioned Latino, the rule of passing. Um, like I, I have a, one of my, actually one of my best friends, he is actually half Jamaican and half white. Mm-hmm. Um, his sister looks, um, like she looks mixed. Does he, he look looks, like J. Cole? He, no, okay. he looks white. He looks white. <laughs> okay. And it's like, he has kind of been like, because he looks white, he experienced different things than his sister did growing mm-hmm. up here. 
right? Because, like, he was passing as white. Right. So, um, and, like, that's the thing with, like, the lost, I guess the lost, I'm going to refer to them as the lost children um, of the, the GIs who went over to Vietnam and then basically left a lot of Vietnamese women pregnant Mm-hmm. Um, with their babies, because then it was like society automatically outcasted those women and those mm-hmm. children, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not and just, like there was not just in Vietnam. That same thing it, happened in Germany. Everywhere. Same thing happened everywhere. in France. <laughs> exactly. It happened war. everywhere. So. I mean, it even happened here with like in the Métis population, right? Métis population. Same thing yeah. happened in America with slave owners and the slaves. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's that alone can be a movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And I think that's where my thing with this movie is like so much of this movie, one aspect alone can just be a whole movie. Oh, yeah. I felt like they were trying to do too much in too little time. And honestly, this movie, this movie was already a long fucking movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, ideally, I would have liked to see it at two hours, maybe a little under two hours, because by the end, I was feeling it was dragging on a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um. But again, they wouldn't need to cut some of those plot lines right out or even remove those characters. Like, I feel like Eddie's character didn't necessarily need to be there. Um, mm-hmm. The other guy, who the guy in the red shirt, I can't even remember his name. He was like the heavier set guy, the one that jumps on the, the grenade. The medic? The yeah. No, the oh. medic was, Otis was the medic. Me- yeah. That was Otis, no. right? Well, Melvin was the medic. Melvin. Otis was the medic. Melvin is Melvin. the, yeah. the or Melvin. dude. Okay, so I think Melvin. it was Melvin who jumped on the grenade. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that was Melvin, Melvin yeah. I liked how earlier in the movie he was like, "Oh, our um, this guy at eighteen, I can't think of his name, was the first one to receive a medal of honor in Vietnam at eighteen because mm-hmm. he jumped, he on, jumped a on a grenade." And then he's like, "I'm not jumping on the grenade for any of you guys." And then he does it at the end of the movie to save mm-hmm. Otis. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool, actually. That was such a great flashback. I did not remember that because of so mm-hmm. much that happened in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, the problem, right? Is yeah. The movie went wider instead of deeper, and it did that so many times over yeah. and over again. Yeah. yeah. There were so many moments where it could have been deeper. It's like my man Spike Lee watched a Nigerian movie, and it was like, I'm going to do that, <laughs> but do it in two and a half hours. Oh, was it uh, Nolly- Sam? It was Nollywood, right? Nollywood, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least I, he I, saved us from part two, part three, part four, four part twenty. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Part one, the remix, like the remix. Wait, oh wait. my god. I know. Uh, okay, so my question is with uh, Haiti's character. Wait, who? Because she, the the French girl, the Haiti, mm-hmm. that was her name. Oh, Haiti. She, yeah. Oh. She. So her reason for diffusing. Uh, diffusing minds was that her family got into the rice industry. Like I, I was trying to wrap my head around so, that. So basically, oh, go ahead. Basically, her reason for diffusing minds is that her family pretty much exploited the Vietnamese people to become rich, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> white savior. <laughs> yeah, she. She even says in the, she's like it looks like she's a white savior, but her reason is just like she just wants to go disarm these bombs. Maybe she saw like a kid lose her limbs or something. As we saw, mm-hmm. like when Eddie blew up, it is not pretty when you step on a landmine. No, right? it, it is not pretty. No, not so at all. like yet again. Maybe it's like the fact of like we had so much thrown into this movie, we didn't really get we got a reason why how she has the money to do it, but we didn't right. get the reason. If there's like more to the reason why she does it, or maybe she's just a good person. It was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm just gonna spend my life diffusing my landmines. 
Right, but like think about it though, like lot because I'm just trying to think about it in the general sense of thing. This is like almost the equivalent of, I don't know. Um, you guys still think Sam? George Washington's daughter being like, "Oh, I just wanted to build schools for black people because my father had slaves." You know, like that doesn't always happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't always happen. But the thing is, like, I know 2020 is the worst year to say this, right? Yeah. Sometimes good people in this world just exist. Well, see, and, like, I'm trying to rationalize her doing the diffusing bombs, like, not as a white savior thing, but, like, essentially trying to fix what her family did. Yeah. Um, And also, like, just maybe being generally a good person. I mean, I went to, when I was going through high school, my biology teacher's sister um, was a member of Doctors Without Borders. And mm-hmm. so like, this is how I was rationalizing it. When you become a member of Doctors Without Borders, you actually sign a form before you go to a country that says like has severe, serious diseases or is in a state of emergency that even if your life depends on it, you will not receive a blood transfusion for the possibility that another patient could need it. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I'm trying to rationalize it. Okay, it's it's kind of hard. Like the thing is, like in life, I've only met a few people who I could truly say, like this person is just a good person. Full just stop. Yeah, just a pure good person. Mm-hmm. Like they exist, and that's like maybe that's who she is. Like she's just a mm-hmm. pure good person. But yeah. we we don't really know because we never explored her story because her it was not really her movie. You know? Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Michael, we haven't heard from you. Yeah. I was gonna well, say. I, I, I was gonna say like um, and if you're ever gonna run into someone like that, that's where it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be in crisis zones. So you might pass those people on the street in the first world, and nobody would notice, but they sure as hell stand out when they're over in Vietnam diffusing landmines. Right. right? That that's right. a very very sort of. And the cat just jumped up near the microphone. Uh, so. <laughs> we are all just having problems with our cat. Yeah, I think oh, that's... Man. Yeah. Mike's it's, playing with a cardboard box right now. So. It's weird yeah. to say, like, sometimes it's just, like, those people that just exist to do the pure goodness of the heart, and we would never know, because we're out here in Canada, you know, talking shit <laughs> to a mic, not out in, like, Vietnam diffusing landmines, or I should use a country in Africa, Mozambique or something like that, because there's two landmines in Mozambique. Mm-hmm. and that's that's always the thing too right where like i don't know i struggle with this a little bit where it obviously it's like I, i'm trying to do what i can within my means at the moment but even it's like no matter what you do to really put yourself out there or like try to make things better for everyone or most especially people of color or people that look like me or just in general it's always like no matter how much you do, it's still not enough, and that always that's always kind of what happens, right? Um, At that point, it's just uh, it just reminds me uh, not to bring up a different show, but everybody has seen The Good Place. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You remember that episode where they meet this guy that you know everybody was talking about him in heaven, you know, or in The Good Place because he did so much good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they find out that even he is not going to go to the good place because there's so much. The world is so interconnected that, you know, you do good here, but then because you did good here, you did bad there. So, and then he was obsessing over it so much. You know, he was trying 
everything he could to save every single thing. But in the end, you know, he just makes his life a bit harder and he never mm-hmm. got to relax. I right. feel that way a lot. You know, when you hear stuff about like Amazon doing this or you hear about Apple doing this, you're like, oh, man, now I can't use Amazon. Now um, right. You know, right. yeah, you still got to use all this stuff. <laughs> well, see, and that's like, this is a concept that I, um, did we, my belly dance instructor and I were talking about everyone gen- you could be the shittiest person that was on such earth a Karen thing to say. i'm sorry you can continue that's what you're saying that's, that's not Karen, Karen. no that's not a Karen thing to say that's a stacy thing to say that's a you made, it, you that's made like it, it sound like your belly dancer instructor is like this wise and noble no no here's the thing. <laughs> if, if it was a Karen thing to say Pablo would be like Okay, I was talking to my belly dancer, and he he wasn't the one, so I had to go speak to the manager, <laughs> and then like I had to hop inside the minivan, flip my one bang hair and my shitty oversized sunglasses. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just as soon as you said that, I was like, "Wow, this sounds like a very wise belly dancing instructor." Man, we all spin off on tangents really fast. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Dude, we've been super serious this podcast. You know, I was this is saying, just like um, this is actually related to what we were just talking about, though. Um, so, god damn it. It's just um, not such a I was going to say, I've lost where I was now. Um, so basically what I was saying is we are discussing how everyone truly believes they are like a good person. Like you could be the shittiest person on the face of the planet. Like you could be a fucking serial killer and you will still believe you are a good, you're, you yourself are a good person. Mm-hmm. It's all perspectives. It, yeah. It just makes for a good villain. Yes. So what was that? TJ? I just said it makes for a good villain. That's, you know, everybody got to believe they're doing what's right in a way. Yeah. 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 I mean, Loki, when my man Anakin walked into the Jedi Temple and started murdering that kid, he was probably like, this is for the good of the universe or some shit. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. From my perspective, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> Dude, I fucking <laughs> love that movie. Oh, Master Anakin, what should we do? I'm like, oh fuck! You oh, did. that's the same thing for those out there who are playing The Last of Us Part Two right oi, now. Same oi, thing. Oi. What? No, I haven't I'm finished spoil- it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mute, I'm gonna mute you, Sam. Oh my god! No, we discussed not- this. We, we discussed. No, Sam, Sam, Sam. Uh, oh my god! Sam. Okay, can you chill? Can you chill? I muted him. <laughs> I was say, Uchi, you have permission to go shit in a cereal. He was put spoilers. <laughs> no, no one's spoiling anything. I'm saying. <laughs> We all you know don't have to, say anything. You don't have to say anything. That's not what I'm trying to get at. No, all I'm saying is the whole I'm just using this because again, this is something I've recently done. I'm just saying, even if I'm using the first game, even forget the second one, the whole world of that in, involving a pandemic and things like that is also showing that even in the midst of all of that, everyone's doing things for what they believe themselves is the right reason. That's where I was going with it. I wasn't spoiling anything for you. So calm down, God. I can't, dude. <laughs> you, you need to chill. No, dude, I'm on the razor's edge because I'm so far behind and I just can't risk it at all. So you need to understand my point of view. Jeez. If I say, let's not talk about it, please respect me saying, let's not fucking talk oh about God. it. <laughs> God. Anyways, the point is, this film did a pretty good job at portraying that whole perspective thing um however it didn't show the perspective of the old french guy but no one needed to know his perspective i, I say pretty... he was a donald trump lookalike we don't need yeah. that perspective <laughs> his perspective was just let's make money mm-hmm. also yeah, i did was, i'm not gonna so... lie i did appreciate his earlier conversation with paul 
where uh, Paul's telling him about how his like his dad fought in World War II and stuff like that. Um, and then the French guy says something stupid about, oh, like the French people suffered for America too or something. I, f- I forget how he framed that mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was just me being like, but it's not the same though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like again, I guess that was the point Spike Lee was trying to pass across with that part. Um, what but, I'm, you know, I'm confused though. Like what? Sorry. What did he? Like I don't. I don't get this part. Like I don't something, remember. He this said part. something about don't forget. Like the French also lost people. So like people were like, people were lost on both sides. Type Here, of thing. Here's the reality with war: people are going to die on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Are so that's, be what, that's what. That's what he said. Yeah, but then like where, um, like the point that uh, I guess Paul was trying to give which is like i guess a black people's perspective if if i if i'm allowed to say that was that even in that you know first of all world war ii if i'm being honest world war ii was not even a black people issue at the at that point in time it was, was europe hit it was europe hitting like a melting point of just a lot of shit happening yeah america wasn't even interested until Japan was like, hey, I'm going to poke you, right? Yeah, until so, yeah, exactly. America was not interested until Japan was kind of like, let's just let's just see what happens if we kick this war in this mess. Yeah. So, well, that- and I mean, that's like with Japan when that happened is the the um, the leader of that um, oh, brain not working um of the, the infantry yeah the not the emperor but the infantry the head of the army that did the that planned the whole pearl harbor attack was like the someone came to him and was like oh it's been a victory we've destroyed so many strips and he has been document he was documented saying i fear we've just angered awaken a beast mm-hmm. really which, yeah which like makes sense right one yeah. the whole idea is like hey let's attack them before they have the chance to attack us yeah Right, which again didn't make sense because the entire time America was like, "Nope, we're not gonna join. We're not gonna do this." They're right, just funneling and, arms money to both sides. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or and no, in that kind of situation story. too, like if America didn't intervene, like Europe would be like probably Nazi Germany right now. We, Everyone in <laughs> the war would have been lost. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was lo- we were losing the war right before America joined. Exactly. Well, no, it wasn't necessarily that. There was also the whole Russia situation, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Germany was fighting a war on two fronts by that point, so mm-hmm. America yeah. was just tipping the scales on the Western front. Who Western. knows? Exactly. Europe might have been communist today. <laughs> I say, we could, all be, yeah. we could all be speaking German. Ah, uh, no, <laughs> why do we? <laughs> I don't know what this we shit was. I was good in Malawi. Um, that's like that's that's exactly the point Paul is trying to pass across. Why people say we like we're all included in that, but really it's but, just but it's, it's just it's Europe. just but it's just what's gonna happen. Power will just pass on. Yeah, the no, slaves I, I, of I, Europe will just become the slaves of Germany. Yeah, I see. I, I guess. I guess. I guess so. Mm-hmm. But you know, my my point in that is just you know, like sometimes, you know, like I understand the whole like. It's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to really send that mess past that message because everyone gets very defensive. Um, but it's also like no one's saying compare who's lost more on what's whatever side or whatever. 
but it's just understanding that hey okay you're a frenchman you mm-hmm. yes you 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 guys suffered in world war ii and stuff like that you waved your white flag which the british will always make fun of you for doing that um but again you still need to recognize right the the like everyone in life owes someone for something if that makes sense right whether great or small so it's like you still need to recognize and be like instead of being all defensive like hey i lost people too sometimes you might just be like you know what this guy his dad fought in france to help my people now he fought in vietnam which is like you know essentially what the same thing the germans were doing to us or whatever he made that comment right but the fact that okay these are all four black men who are veterans and clearly have ties to even world war ii you should have some certain level of respect Mm -hmm. for that because you don't know what they've been through right if i was in his shoes i'd just be more like okay these guys want to do business instead of trying to anger them or trying to annoy them i would just obviously later on we find out he's a dick anyways but if he wasn't a dick right I would have just been more like, huh, okay, like, you, where's, I, like, I'd ask the questions, like, where's the gold from or stuff like that, because obviously I'm putting myself at risk if I'm helping them out with it, but I would also want to know what their stories were, you know what I mean? So it's like, again, maybe that's just me, but yeah, I, I... I thought Paul's character was the dick in that sequence, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> like, I, I, w- I had absolutely no patience for him. I thought the French guy was totally in the right. Oh, because really? okay. yeah because the dick. french because uh, yeah the french guy was like yeah we got our asses kicked in world war ii you're not the only one who is you're not the only ones who have suffered like that mm-hmm. was essentially what he was saying at that point right and then spike lee just fucking or paul just went off on him mm-hmm. and it, it felt like I, to me i interpreted that as this guy has ptsd and he snaps at anyone over See, anything. that's what that's, i was finding that's the message i took from there mm-hmm. remember yeah, right. the chicken guy Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. so that's what I was trying to snaps the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I get that. I'm just I was just trying to think of like what Spike Lee's message, like what he was trying to pass across in that sequence. Like obviously Paul it, like PTSD. The Paul, the Paul having PTSD was a <laughs> I mean I know Spike Lee enough at this point that like obviously there's some also like that's that's too big of an interaction for it to just be, oh he has PTSD. It's, it's like he has PTSD, but also Okay, fine. Know, he's Let me put it this way like, the way I see yeah. it, yes, we can go like whole like the whole thing is all right, but it's kind of ironic how this man's been mistreated by the American government, mistreated like so much because of racism, institutional racism, Veteran Act, Vietnam, all that stuff, right? But in the end, he still reps America hardcore when they question him. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so that's a comes Stockholm to, uh, syndrome kind of thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, Maybe. that's also it's like, like uh, that was a callback to what, um, uh, well, both Martin Luther King and what, uh, Norm, like Nor- Storm and Norm's character said, uh, Chadwick Boseman's character said earlier too, where they're like, well, you know, what we're as black folks, we need to work. He said something about they need to work hard to make America, like, let America be. America. So, but that was Mar- what Martin Luther King also said that, like, let's let America be America, which means instead of talking about, oh, America is the land of the free, America is the land of blah, 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 you can be anything you want or whatever, instead of saying that's what America is, but really we know that's not what it is, let's let it 
be what we say it is. That's kind of what was happening. So I think that was the message that that platoon held as far as both MLK and Norman said at the time. So, which is why they said Norman was both Malcolm and Martin Luther King at the same time. Because Norman also carried on that where he's like, yes, they've treated us like garbage, but at the same time, let's let's try to make America what we say it is or what America thinks it is. Let's make that America. You know what I mean? So I kind of understood that part, but that might just be me. I don't know. Yeah. If my analysis was <laughs> was on the nose. I don't know if it was. I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get it. All right, mm-hmm. let's stop wrapping up. I, Final thoughts. I don't have much more to say about this movie, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I recommended a comedy, because I was like, maybe we need to do a black comedy that still also centers on a horrible prison system, but hey, Sam? from a more Eddie Murphy perspective. Hey, Sam? Yes. Did you like the movie? What movie? This one. This one? Yeah, yeah. this one was, was a good movie. I liked it. Michael, did you like this movie? It was fine. Pam, did you like the movie? It was decent. DJ, did you like the movie? I wouldn't watch it again, but it was all right. <laughs> See, so I'm just fine choosing this movie. We all—it <laughs> was a range of enjoyment. <laughs> it was okay. Oh my goodness! No, it I was. Appreciate... It was honestly okay. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the ambition that it had, but it yeah. definitely needed a couple more revisions in the script. Right? Yeah, really it needed, needed to be to six at... hours long. Yeah. It needed to go full Nigerian movie. <laughs> Maybe not six hours long. They could have taken out the gold part, you know, and then put the part with the daughter, explore that a bit, put the part with the mind girl, the French girl with the son, explore that a bit. The gold, I believe Pam is right, took it. <laughs> wow, that's idea. DJ this time. There it is. Oh, it's DJ right oh, now. Oh, oh wow. 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 Yeah. wow. We're so used to it always being Pam that it was like, okay. <laughs> I actually Here's thought a... it was Pam. No, hey. I'm right here. Someone text DJ to tell him to get back in the channel. Oh, he's back. Oh, then, he's yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Here's an idea. Six-part miniseries. Yes, yeah, six-part miniseries. Yeah, like a Netflix oh, mini, like yeah. limited series. Yeah, that would work too. Um, that would be I good. Would, I would want to say something very important because the way this film really played out the time sequences and all of that too, um, obviously, like, it wasn't really set in terms of, like, uh, they were in Vietnam to get like time sensitive, but it got to a point um, closer to the end of the film. I just wanted to mention this real quick, where as soon as they angered the other Vietnamese guys or whatever, um, who also had lost something, the militia group. And then, you know, I low-key think it kind of turned into the ending of um, Bad Boys 3, but that's just me because everything went down in a temple or whatever. But yeah, I was totally um, out of place, honestly. Right? That, yeah, that it kind of felt ending. like an action movie ending, if that makes sense. It wasn't um, treating the content that they'd established the whole movie with respect. Yeah, like, exactly. The whole movie was, this war is bad, killing people's bad. Let's fucking end the movie with a goddamn shootout. Over exactly. Like, that's, that was was another, that's the reason it felt jarring. Tarantino-esque. Also, yeah. I yeah, did not so, like just the random mine explosions with everyone. Because like with one person, it's like, oh shit, they're landmines. But now everyone's exactly. blowing up. I'm like, what the fuck? Exactly. You know? And even with him just stepping on the mine and like, you know, dying. And even with Paul just getting shot to bits as well. You're having these main characters dying as it progresses, you know? 
this just taught me that this film was actually part of the greater 1917 universe where you're having characters <laughs> you're having characters <laughs> man i, I, I haven't I haven't heard that throwback since like episode five I can't even say it with a straight face. I haven't heard that fullback uh, since episode five. <laughs> Where you're having important characters die midway through the movie. You know what I'm saying? So really, maybe Sam Mendes had a role to play in this film. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Cool. All right. Final <laughs> thoughts? Final thoughts. I guess I need to look at a world map. Hang on. Uh, over here at Northern Critic, we rate and review our films using a coordinate system. North for good writing and South for bad writing. In a similar fashion, we use the West and East coordinates as East for good cinematography or style um, or acting, all of that extra stuff. And West if all of that was bad. So a really good movie with good writing and good um, peripherals would be uh, Northeast and a bad movie with bad writing and bad you know, style or cinematography or casting would be a Southwest. Um, and apparently now sometimes the Northern Critic podcast uses countries with the, uh, I guess the transatlantic line as the GMT. Yeah. Okay. And GMT. equator. There we go. Yeah, pretty much. So the equator yeah. and GMT. Mm-hmm. Cause apparently some of us don't know how to fucking tell which country is east or west of the fucking GMT line. <laughs> <laughs> I hear fucking I'm, I was, geography I was always I was always fine. I never had that issue. I'm not talking about you, Samuel. But yeah, and I'm just saying. I'm just saying. These people <laughs> never let you hear the end of it. These people? What do you mean, these people? I mean uh, these fucking <laughs> people, Uchi. Who do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> You people. Geography geography. <laughs> God damn university educated motherfuckers. <laughs> oh my god. That's hilarious. Also, I would like to po- point out uh big ups to the black people in Winnipeg actually, because apparently we are one of the which is funny because you actually don't we don't get treated as such. But black people in Winnipeg are actually part of the top percentage for edu- most educated like people in general. Yeah. Like if you meet a black person in Winnipeg, they're very, very much likely to actually be holding a university degree. Sam? I think and, it's because university is so cheap for foreign students here that yeah. they just draw so many. Well, like, yeah, you know, but Sam it's just crazy because then right? they still get treated like they don't know anything. And I'm like, Sam? really though? Yeah. If Sorry. you moved from fucking Africa to come live in this frozen shit... No offense, Michael. <laughs> this place gets to fucking my degrees. This is nice down here. Okay, can I just say a sidebar real quick here? Yes. So you're mentioning how we live in a frozen shithole nine months of the year. Yes. <laughs> um, when I was living in dorm my first year, I was cooking dinner in Pemina Hall, and there was uh, these two guys from Jamaica looking out the window saying like, oh, I hear it gets down to like minus 10. Mm. And I was like, Guys, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> As your internet just bursted your <laughs> Yeah, no. Like the rest of us, when we first got here, oh my fucking gosh, it's snowing. It's amazing. Three weeks later, fog this. I think that was just you. I, DJ can tell you. I was like, I was very indifferent. Yeah, you grew snow. up in the fucking UK. 
Yeah, when I saw Snowfall, I was just like, ah, oh, well, it's about you, to suck. You <laughs> grew up in the UK. I grew up in fucking Malawi. Yeah. We don't have snow in Malawi. I speak yeah. on behalf of white people that we take a sadistic pleasure in watching that process. Yeah. I was going to say, how much of my story did you guys actually get before I dropped? Oh, like we just heard Jamaican and it, and I was like, fuck you, Pamela. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. So anyways, these two Jamaican guys are basically saying like, oh, it gets to like minus 10 here. I, he- I hear this. And I, mm-hmm. I walk over to them and like, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, guys, but get a good winter jacket because it gets to minus 50, 55 sometimes. They looked at me like I had three fucking heads. <laughs> and i was like i'm not i'm not even joking like i've spent the last i think i was 20 i wasn't even 20 at the time i think i was 19 at the like, time and i was yeah. like i've lived here my whole 19 year my whole year all my years like yeah. it's fucking cold like i'm not lying to you guys <laughs> we're well yeah i mean we're skating away from the where i was going with my point because i'm just like well we're the demographic that's probably the most educated and yet majority of the black people in winnipeg work for skip the dishes i'm just saying just tossing that out there so well, yeah, because um, guess what? We fell into that trap where it's like, go to university, and when you graduate university, you have a nice paying job. Not huh. realizing that all the fucking boomers are still working. I was going to so, say... I'm just saying, I'm just putting that out there as well for our Winnipeg listeners to know that... I was going to say, yeah. like, Uchi and I talked about this earlier. I submitted a shit ton of resumes last week, and I basically fucked myself because i found a glaring error in my cover yeah. letter that i i just had missed in my yes. and it's like well crap and i mean and, like i'm it sucks and allow me to reiterate this isn't just a black problem this is our generation problem oh yeah which well, yeah. is why i made a short film about it but i'm just saying it's it's like hey, we're all fucked sam essentially sam so, do yeah. you want to promote it's, your film on the podcast no, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that okay. would have been a good segue. Oh, and I now saying, guys, that's gonna be an episode too. Now, <laughs> final thoughts. I was gonna say we need to do initial thoughts because my initial. phone is dying, and we final need, thoughts. You mean? Or final thoughts because yeah. my phone is dying, and I'm starting to drop again really bad. And so yeah. is her brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, brain right. is dropping. Um, I guess I'll go first. I will give this film a. Hmm. Motherfucker, how do you go first? And I'm trying to which think. Card I say, okay, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm gonna I'm cut to... in here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm already, I'm ready to go already. Like, give me. You guys literally gave me like two seconds. Come on. Um, I will go a Morocco with this. So okay. Yeah. So like, not quite the optimum writing, but the writing was good enough that it did its job in sending whatever like messages Spike Lee was trying to send which was, again, the Black experience, the Black uh, perspective on the Vietnam War. It was very stylistically executed. I love uh, films like this where you're having um, concurrent, like, 2019 or 2020 events happen with respect to, like, things that happened in the 1960s and stuff like that. I like that kind of temporal spacing just because it kind of, gives the viewers the a wider angle to watching what they're watching like people watching and be like huh i didn't know this was a thing and then you watch it like huh it's even still a thing even till today vietnam might seem cool for you know all the white people to go backpacking to and be like this is oh, a nice I place hope not um well i'm just like i'm like <laughs> I'm, i bet you not i'm pretty sure some people out there are just like i want to go to vietnam for like a weekend or what i don't know and step on a line mine yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do go back to vietnam. 
Yeah, people go backpacking in Vietnam, like like that. Most mostly so, white people, if I'm being honest. And, and I'm so, sitting here going, I have a huge backpacking trip planned for that whole like Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand. Yeah, area exactly. It's a it's a white per, it's a like it's a, like no offense to white people, but it's a white person thing to do. Oh, it's, it's so, just like as I of wanna, the moment, right? I just for want me, to. It's more, I just want to see the world. <laughs> Sam, I want to ask this question. Yeah. So you think this movie is stylishly shot, right? Yeah, I just want to let you know that Morocco is west of the GMT line. Is it west? <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't use countries. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going a north, <laughs> a slight northeast. I guess that's essentially what I'm trying to say. Um, I yeah, okay, you're right. I'm not gonna argue with you. I just probably have to refresh myself on <laughs> you got how Google the, Maps like yeah. Dude, using, wait, using I Google Maps to check GMT is not right. What? I say it cuts right through Spain. Because like London or like just outside London is where the GMT line is. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, if I am to okay, if I'm readjusting myself, I'd say what like Netherlands maybe. That's yeah. probably the best place to put it. Yeah. Okay. Netherlands, I mean Netherlands then. is like really great writing. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, eh, I guess give it like Never... a Libya, a Chad, a, a, a Chad. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, a lot of those countries. A, you know? uh, a, uh, an Egypt would that would that suffice? Yeah, Egypt works too. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We'll give it an Egypt. See, um, Loki, you know who you have to blame? You have to blame Michael because he's the one who started this stupidity of these countries. <laughs> hey, I I had to really differentiate myself, and it yeah. worked. Uh, Y'all are following the trend set by the white man. I kind of like the fact we use countries now because at one point we just felt repetitive. Like, what do you think this movie is? Northeast. Okay, next. Yeah. Week, Northeast. That's literally why I started using yeah. countries because yeah. we needed more finer, a uh, finer metric. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is fine. This is okay. Um, but yeah, so for me, I I like that temporal kind of saying that I, all of these things aren't. Um, mutually exclusive which is something that a lot of the movements even today are trying to tell people they're like hey just so you know racism isn't over yet or just so you know sexism isn't over yet or just so you know you know whatever whatever that happened 50 years ago is still happening today don't like negate it as something that oh it happened back then it's not important anymore you know what i mean so it, it did a really good job at passing across that message there's still veterans today for even even a war as recent as the oil like ongoing right now as the oil war, wars in the Middle East, or even some, Yemen, yeah, or in Afghanistan. Don't forget someday, what Saudi Arabia is doing to Yemen right now. Yemen, exactly. Just like eventually, 10, 20 years from like now, people are gonna get make movies or films about that too, right? We're gonna learn a lot from, from now. Don't forget, like. People are making said, movies, movies about Afghanistan. Now coming out about Afghanistan. Like, right now, yeah. yeah. So, this like, war, I want to say these wars have been going for twenty years at this yeah, point. Exactly. Well, see, like, I remember when the new, like, the I'm gonna call it the new Afghanistan war started. I was mm-hmm. like 10, 11. I am twenty seven now. It's been going on for sixteen plus years. Yeah, exactly. So and even like, with I, that, right? Yeah. It's crazy. And then obviously, even and within that, you're still going to hear the black perspective on that, the white perspective on that, the the Afghani perspective on that, you know, because I feel like that's important, too. We're always told with especially with westernized media, like the Afghans are the bad guys or the Taliban's are the bad guys. But I mean, the Taliban, from what it seems like that, and I might be falling for it, too, it does seem like the Taliban are pretty bad. 
but again we don't know their perspective on things you know so it's like hey man i just want my women to stay at home not go to school and if they don't agree with me i'll blow them up yeah exactly so that's why i said from my perspective it seems like they have pretty strict like it's tough to reason with them but again like I I don't think I'm in a place to say who's good or who's bad at this point in time because again life gets so messy that sometimes maybe no one's good and no one's bad. People are just assholes. You know yeah. what I mean? But the, so, we all know there's this one random person walking around fucking Mozambique or Vietnam disarming landmines, and that's a truly good person. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and then you have yeah, you have those people. So it's and again, it's all like victim of circumstances right because then again you might have people caught up in those wars who are good people they're just stuck in shitty spots or shitty yeah. positions that they have to do things that they wouldn't originally do under those circumstances and then they obviously their actions have repercussions so you know that's oh. that's just that's my rant anyways i was yeah. gonna say sam i love you but i think we really need to cut you off and mm-hmm. move on to someone else's final yeah. thoughts mm-hmm. okay i shall give uh, this movie uh Libya, you know, northeastish. I like the ambition of this movie. I thought I like the way Black History is presented throughout this movie as little tidbits, being like, "Oh, who are you like?" I'm like, insert this famous black person who, let's be honest, was no one ever taught them about them, right? I mm-hmm. thought Paul's PTSD storyline was amazing. Just like the abandonment he felt from like what happened in vietnam and how that went on to affect his relationship with his son and like yes that aspect of how when one person suffers from ptsd it's not just them itself like everyone else suffers as long with them mm-hmm. but there was too much going on in this movie there are too many plot lines too many threads for this movie to truly handle it well and in the end some plot lines were just done half-heartedly and i hate that because some of them alone could make really great movies so yeah that's my piece on this movie i'm going to give it a ghana i wasn't as impressed with the movie as i think everybody else was like i like i said i thought individual bits were fine but the movie undercut its own message it it was trying to well in some circumstances it definitely did sort of convey like the black perspective on vietnam and the atrocities of the war and the ptsd side of it and all that but then on the other side as i mentioned we had that stupid gold plot and then that needless violence at the end which just completely undercut the whole message of the movie right Mm -hmm. it took away from any emotional impact and just sort of snuffing out those characters felt out of place. We wanted to see these characters overcome the demons. That was what it established at the beginning. And then at the end, it killed fucking four of them, which it just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth, right? Like, I never got... I didn't get the movie I was expecting, and that pissed me off. So, like, the movie was okay, but it really didn't set the the expectations properly. The performances were fine. The cinematography was just, like, fucking neutral. And the good aspects of the writing... Uh, were cancelled out by uh, the bad aspects in my, in my mm. mind. Okay. Alright. Uh, I guess Pam or DJ, who wants to go first? <laughs> well, I can go. Um, so, I do not know what country, because I don't know how to you know, do the map stuff. 
So I'm going to give it a southeast. You guys can think of a country for me. Really south in terms of the writing. I mean, I think, yeah, because it fell into the trap that most people go for war movies where it's, um, I get, I know it's an important part about war, the violence and the PTSD, but it fell into the trap where it just focused on Paul a lot. And mm-hmm. there were other aspects that it could have talked about. It could have at least opened deepened you know the one with the daughter and the whole mm-hmm. issue of you know having a kid after you go to a country to kill the people in that country you know you could have you could have talked about that you could have talked about the line mine issue even the gold issue it could have been something that you know then becomes is war about money in some regards you know like it could have i don't know they could have tried to talk about that so my point with the writing is that yes there were some you know, some stuff about Martin Luther King, uh, you know, Storm and Norman being the hero that he looked up to, but the ambition, I think, was too much for it. Mm. Uh, and I wasn't really invested. I, I mean, I could watch it, but I didn't come out, come out of the movie being like, wow. Because I remember, I forget who said this, is like, if I go to a movie and I come out of the movie just being, it was good then that movie was not a good movie. Because I should come out of a movie either super hating it or like that movie moved me in some regard. This movie did not. It was okay. It's something you can watch. It didn't, it wasn't so bad Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's 0% or something. But it failed in what it was trying to accomplish. And uh, yes, writing-wise, I give it a south. I don't know what country that is. Uh, Style-wise, east, yeah, it was pretty good. I like the style a lot from the, you know, what's the word, from the scores, Marvin Gaye, from the way they, you know, put the time from Vietnam and present day, even with the whole jockey with the girl that's like black GI. I like that a lot. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just didn't like the writing per se. I felt like they could have tried a bit better, but I wouldn't watch it again. It's all right. Cool. All right. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it an Italy. I thought it was decent. Um, I just think the movie just tried to be too, went go too big, too fast. Mm. Um, like I personally would have liked to see this as a Netflix six part mini series. I feel like it could have been explored a little bit better if it was done like that. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, I love the score. I love that they use Marvin Gaye's music because I I love Marvin Gaye. Um, but yeah, I like I like the way they explored PTSD. Um, but some of the plot lines and the pacing were a little bit off, and I think some of the characters didn't necessarily need to be in the story. Mm. But that's all I'm gonna. That's all I have to say about that. Cool, cool, fair. Yeah, I think that that's everyone. <laughs> All right. So um, recommendations, plugs. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So basically, what we're telling people right now is, you know, go check it out. It's it's worth watching. Uh, whether it's wa- worth watching twice, that's up to you as the viewer. But yeah, go go check it out. Oh, I will um, say this quick. One thing I compare all like I didn't watch the trailer for this. Like Uchi, you sent it in the group chat. I didn't watch it, so I went into this expecting a Vietnam War movie, not a modern day 
thing. Um, and I'm bad. I compare all my war movies to Saving Private Ryan. Oh. Wow. <laughs> a movie about some white boys in France. Yeah, I was literally going to say the same thing. <laughs> I, 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 that's, that's, but that's like my default favorite war yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I well, watched the white, trailer. White boy aside, white boy aside in the movie. Yeah. It was a pretty good movie. I mean, I'm not hating. <laughs> it's a really good movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is a really good movie. I mean, Loki and Primo must think, like, wow, which is just like, fuck all white people. He's never going to watch any white people shit. It's like, no, I, I do watch my fair yeah. share of white people shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And yeah, no. my recommendation. Um, yeah. So, um, plugs, you can find us on. Wait, I was going to say a recommendation. You oh, rec- okay. Yeah, sorry, recommendations sorry. first. Okay, yeah. sorry. My recommendation is I don't think I'm going to review this thing because it's technically not a movie. But on the third, which is probably two weeks after this comes out, awkward. Yes, on the third, Hamilton is coming to Disney Plus. I'm gonna watch it. I've heard it's oh, yeah. amazing. So that's my recommendation. Watch um, Hamilton. I would. I would not expect you to like Hamilton. That's actually interesting to me, dude. I love the soundtrack of Hamilton. Like, I, 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 I not. I don't. I oh, never knew yeah. that about you. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you think I was just some uncultured swine? Well, okay, but typically in our friend group, I'm the one most people expect to play Hamilton in the car. So I was just like, interesting that you also like Hamilton, but never said anything. Listen, she watch fucking K-dramas. I don't know what his tastes are anymore. (laughs) I have the weirdest taste in the world. Like, one week I'll be like, yo, bro, you need to get on that, like, fucking Game of Thrones shit. Then I'll be like, get on Westworld. Then I'll be like, yo, watch this K-drama. And then there's Uchi and I sending each other anime trailers back and forth. Yeah, dude, Liddy, I still have to go watch the Netflix movie about the girl who turns into the cat. Same, I haven't watched it yet. Okay, can we, let's let's keep on track here, please. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, Sam, for once, you're keeping Uchi and I on track. Um, I have a recommendation. Uh, It's a Netflix movie. It is a war movie about Afghanistan. Um, It's called Sandcastle, and it has Nicholas Holt in it. Um... And I, I just really enjoyed it. I would say go watch it. Um, and I think it has probably one of my favorite lines from more movies in it, which is because um, I know a lot of people joined the military in the early 2000s. It was like the go to thing. Um, but then, you know, 9-11 happened. Right. So. Right. And there's a line at the beginning of the movie that says that that's from Nicholas Holt's perspective that says, um, I signed up in July 2001 before it joined me being in the army meant anything before 9-11 happened mm-hmm. so it kind of gives that aspect um, so yeah that's my recommendation yeah <laughs> wow every time finish her recommendation yep. just so when she drops mm-hmm. any other reps um I think I will go um I will recommend insecure because i just started watching the first like two episodes so i i'm loving it so far um i get why there's a lot of people who are invested in it insecure is on hbo um it stars uh isa ray and uh oh my god why am i forgetting the other um cynthia orgy i think that's her name um who big ups is an african-american who actually traced her origins back to nigeria so that's actually kind of cool as well dude we went over this Um, joke a couple weeks ago most of African Americans are from the west coast of Africa. Yeah, uh, from the yeah, yes, yes. So, so I, mean, it's still I, 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 I
that she traced it back exactly so like that's kind of good a good like happy for her um so yeah no like definitely worth a watch it's a it's a beautifully crafted black drama which is great um that touches on a lot of issues so uh-uh. <laughs> the fuck is turning on the tap this huh? sounded so weird. Oh, my cat uh, just like decided to step in the sink and dump water, and I'm sitting on the counter with my phone plugged in. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, <laughs> definitely recommend checking out Insecure on uh, HBO. Um, and yes, plugs. I will say you can find us on Instagram at Northern Critic UMFM. Again, that's at Northern Critic UMFM. On Twitter. Northern underscore critic, Northern underscore critic. And you can find us on our website, which is northerncritic.com. It's as simple as that. And I've actually been working hard this previous week, so I've been updating the website gradually. Um, hopefully by tomorrow, actually, or the day after, we're going to be up to speed on all of the episodes we've recorded. And you'll have like short synapses on every movie that we've done since we started the podcast. So, yeah. And I just thought of a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on the war team, uh, you guys can check out The Great Dictator, Dictator by Charlie Chaplin. It has oh, one of yeah. the best speeches in it. Mm-hmm. The end speech is how I feel about war. But it's really, you know, it's a war movie, but it's also funny because, you know, Charlie Chaplin, check it out okay. if you can. Cool, cool. Yeah, you can check that out for sure. Oh, I should also mention, this is because I also want our fans to hear it as well. Let it be on the record that Sam says he wants us to review Okja. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. We said so. this like weeks ago. Yeah, Not even we weeks, need to do, months now. We need to do Okja. We really need to do Okja. Michael, you would love Okja. Oh, definitely. Okja. Yeah. You, it's still it... um, Bong Joon-ho as well. It's basically government creates super pigs and harvest them for a better environment, like green energy type stuff. Oh, this is the oh. one. Yeah, and all like uh... shit goes wrong real quick. The Bong Joon Ho one. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's on Netflix still. It's really good. I just want us to do it before they actually take it off because it's Is been it on there for. Netflix? It's been on Netflix for a while now. You know how Netflix has that thing where they take off things after they've been there for at least four to three to four years. Was it? So. Well, wasn't it a Netflix thing. movie? It was a Netflix movie. Yeah. Ah, then it's never. It's not gonna go off. Yeah, it's not gonna go off. Nah, it's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm just making sure because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want them to take it off. So. Yeah, it's a licensing but thing, right? definitely recommend yeah. Okja for sure. So good. So yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. Until next time. Yeah, next for time. sure. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Defund the police. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>